2: Yes, indeed it is, the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get underway on this Monday, the 20th morning of the 8th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Coming up in one hour, David Ray will join us from the Federation of Americans for Immigration Reform as we are now just a little over two weeks out from holding their feet to the fire. Live on Capitol Hill, as I will join a number of other conservative and concerned broadcasters who will all be broadcasting from a radio row of sorts on Capitol Hill, at which point we will talk to members of the Congress, House representatives, senators, also members of the illegal immigrant fighting community, meaning border agents, meaning ICE agents, meaning uh, leadership. We are going to hold Congress's feet to the fire. And this is something FAIR has been doing for now, I want it going on 15 years. I'll confirm that number how many times, how many years now they've been holding Hold Their Feet to the Fire. This will be my first venture to D.C. for this particular uh, event. We'll broadcast live there first week of September, and I'm very much looking forward to that. A couple of important news items on the illegal immigration front, which is why we will talk to David Ray today, including a judge who has reversed himself on DACA. That's right. uh a judge who had previously ordered the government to continue to accept new DACA applications has now said no. Uh, those already getting DACA can continue to file for renewals, but new applicants must not be accepted at this point in time. So that's a good start, and we will talk to uh, David Ray about that, as well as about something we talked about with Peter Kirstenau last week, the Yoder Amendment to the upcoming spending bill, which would essentially – revert the United States back to the terrible, disastrous Obama-era catch-and-release policies. And that would just add thousands and thousands and thousands every single year of more illegal immigrants coming to the United States, disappearing into uh, the population of the U.S., and never returning for their asylum hearings. So all of that is coming up with David Ray at about uh, 10.10 this morning, about one hour from now. I want to start this morning, since it is a Monday morning, with... A look back at the weekend. And if you're in Chicago, you already know what that means. Weekends in Chicago mean killings, shootings, murders. This is just the natural order of things in the city of Chicago. Here's a brief Fox News uh, summary. <laughs>
3: This morning, at least 50 people are shot during a violent weekend in Chicago. Four of those victims are dead. Three of the deadly shootings happening on Sunday alone. There's been 271 shootings in Chicago in the last 28 days. I'm going to
2: pause there. I don't like that being glossed over as quickly as it was. 271 people have been shot in Chicago in the last month. 28 days. In
3: Chicago, in the last 28 days, professional sports teams in Chicago now banning together to stop the violence. The organization's donating $1 million to provide mentoring and therapy to at-risk kids to keep them out of trouble.
2: Uh, can I hear that last part again? What are these sports
3: teams doing again? Let's one more time. Professional sports teams in Chicago now banning together to stop the violence. The organization's donating $1 million to provide... So the Chicago
2: Bears, the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago White Sox, the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Blackhawks, five uh, Chicago sports teams pooling resources to donate a a million dollars to whom again?
3: Mentoring and therapy to at-risk kids to keep them out of trouble.
2: Organizations that mentor and uh, advise at-risk kids, which in and of itself is a noble effort. All right? It just is. But why should it take a million dollars from anybody? Why should it take a million dollars to find mentors for at-risk kids? Aren't the mentors who are supposed to be stopping kids from becoming gang members and adding their names or their uh, their numbers, and I use that carefully, because they are very, very, you know, it is very easy for them to become numbers, meaning statistics of the number of people shot or shot and killed. Isn't? Aren't there already natural, built-in mentors to try to keep these kids out of gangs? To stop them from becoming one of those statistics? Aren't those mentors sometimes called, I don't know, strange term here, fathers? Isn't that a... Isn't that a mentor in another language? I think it is. I think they're almost synonymous with one another. You know, the. and by the way, that report said at least 50. I do have an updated report that says the number this weekend was 54. 54 people shot, four of them fatally, two teens reported missing as the gun violence epidemic continues unabated in the city of Chicago. The weekend tally was up compared to the same weekend in 2017, in which only 48 people were shot and five killed, according to city officials. Across the city, news of weekend shootings were coming in faster than police could get to the scene. 25 people, including a three-year-old boy, were shot in the city over a span of roughly 14 hours from Friday afternoon to early Saturday. Police said the three-year-old was shot in the Inglewood neighborhood on the south side of Chicago and transported to a children's hospital in stable condition on Friday night. During a back-to-school peace picnic held at a playground, police said three people were shot and a fourth was beaten. The event was held to promote peace and community. They can't even not shoot each other at peace picnics. And who is getting the blame for all of this bloody carnage continuing in Chicago, which, by the way, is not new. This has been going on for several years. There has been a website which has been chronicling every single uh, um, violent attack in the city of Chicago. It's called, pardon this, but it is what it is. It's called HeyJackass.com illustrating Chicago values. They have statistics upon statistics, including shootings, stabbings, homicides of other kinds, assaults, rapes. Uh, they've them broken down by the deadliest neighborhoods in terms of where most of the attacks are occurring. They've got, I mean, there's a graphic I'm looking at right now that has the number of people who have been shot in various places on their body, 142 of them in the torso, 136 of them in the head, uh, two in the arms, 24 in, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, five in the lower body or legs, 24 unknown. Uh, so they've got, I mean, every, every single police involved, how many of them were involved with police, uh, uh, how many of these were carjackings, uh, the races of the victims and the assailants, which... Not surprisingly and sadly and unfortunately is disproportionately black in terms of both victims and shooters, which is exactly the point that I'm going to try to make here. The great sage from South Central that graces these airwaves uh, each and every evening from 7 to 10 p.m. and nationwide from 6 to 9 p.m., Larry Elder, a man for whom I have been privileged to to fill in on, on a number of uh, dates, including two times last week. Larry Elder is very, very direct and very, very strict and very, very uh, concerned about the reality of the situation. And I want to quote him, if I may, because I don't want to get too out of order here. Let me go back to what I was starting to say. Who are they blaming for all of this? More and more and more, as the news reports come in about people being shot and killed in Chicago... Um, They're blaming Donald Trump. Why? Because Donald Trump has, both as a candidate back in 2016 and as president, expressed great concern, as, well, he and everyone else should, about the number of people being shot in Chicago. These numbers are astronomical. Oh, but I started to give you the numbers from Hey Jackass, and let me just throw this to you real quick. So far in the month of August alone, there have been 265 people shot. 226 of them wounded, 39 of them killed. The year to date is staggering. In the calendar year of 2018, a reminder, we're just in mid August right now. A little reminder there have been 1,977 people shot in Chicago in this calendar year. 1,660 of them have been wounded, 317 of them died. There have been 373 total homicides in Chicago. The president is rightly concerned about this. And he has threatened, if you want to use that choice of words, he has threatened to, quote, send in the feds if Chicago isn't going to do anything about this, if Rahm Emanuel isn't going to do anything about this. Send in the National Guard? Is that what they're talking about? But the president hasn't done anything, they said. How come they haven't done anything? I might argue... And many others might argue, considering the overwhelming percentage of the victims and the shooters in Chicago being African-American, where is Black Lives Matter? What are they doing about this? Why are they not in that urban community meeting with, talking to the gang leaders, the gang members, and anybody else and everybody else who will listen saying this is you're killing yourselves. You're killing our own. If, quote, black lives matter, they have to matter all the time, not just when it's a police-involved shooting. Why are we sitting by while this black-on-black homicide insanity is continuing? I would ask, where are they? They could probably have a far bigger influence over the community that is involved in all of this shooting than the government could, than Donald Trump could, than any National Guardsman could. I mean, seriously, what's it going to do to send in the feds What's, what, what good is that going to do? Are they going to listen to FBI agents? Are they going to listen to, you know, federal authorities who say, hey, now you guys stop shooting each other? You send the guard in there to do what? Shoot the gangbangers as they're shooting each other? And as soon as the federal authority shoots one of these gangbangers in an attempt to try to stop a, another killing, they will be called racists. They will be called racist. And yet they're blaming Donald Trump for not doing anything here. What do you want him to do? I would submit to you that the great sage from South Central, Larry Elder, is right. The only people who can truly stop this, it's not Donald Trump. It's not the feds. It's not even the mayor who is also taking a lot of heat, Rahm Emanuel. And he should because of his ridiculous ideas are just more gun control. <laughs> How's that working so far? But it's not a government entity that can stop this. As Larry Elder tweeted just two days ago, the top three biggest problems facing the black community in places like Chicago where all of these killings are. Number one, lack of fathers in the home. Number two, lack of fathers in the home. And number three, yeah, you sense a theme here, lack of fathers in the home. And now the teams are going to spend a million dollars providing mentors for these young at-risk kids to keep them out of gangs. You don't need a million dollars worth of mentors. You know what you need? Fathers in the home. Larry is spot on. All right, it's 920. We're just getting started, recapping the carnage in Chicago. If you'd like to weigh in on that and uh, more, we are guest-free the first hour. David Ray will join us from FAIR coming up at 1010. So you can dial now, 216 or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Your thoughts on the ongoing carnage and what it would take to stop this urban cent- uh, city center violence going on in Chicago and in other places around the country as well. We'll put you on the radio when you dial on the Bob France Authority. <laughs>
0: Gallagher. Coming up at 11 on AM 1420, The Answer.
2: 923. Now the Bob France Authority continues. Just getting rolling, as as a matter of fact. Thanks again for joining us. And if you started your day with Hugh Hewitt, you are obviously very smart, very prescient. You knew this was going to be the place to be to get the news that you needed to know and with expert analysis. Uh, I got a text message here from Steve who says, Bob, compare those shooting numbers in Chicago to the number of troops killed or wounded in Afghanistan and Iraq. War zones. That is very, very true. We have men and women fighting uh, for this country in war zones Around the world, particularly in the Middle East, and it is far, far more dangerous on the streets of the city of Chicago than it is on the streets in the, uh, in the city of Baghdad or Ramadi or anywhere else. It's just reality, and who can stop it? Not Donald Trump, and that's not for lack of trying, not Rahm Emanuel, who hasn't even tried. They do need to reach these at-risk kids. There's no question about that. You have to get them before they become indoctrinated into the gang lifestyle. And getting mentors in their homes, I guess, is as good of a solution as as any, rather, um, in the early going. But should it require outsiders, strangers, to mentor these kids? How about POPs? Raise your kids. Stay home. Teach them right from wrong. Get them into schools and not on the street corners slinging. Get them into schools, not down at the local playgrounds, joining gangs. I mean, honestly, this is one of those situations where they're, they're, fi- they're searching for a complex solution to what is a very simple problem. These kids have no guidance whatsoever coming out of their homes, and that's why they are so easily entrapped by the gang culture. TJ in Cleveland you're on AM 1420 the answer TJ go ahead
4: you know bob i hear these people talk about trump should send in the national guard now i may be wrong but like national guards are state national guards yes uh, the governors are in charge of them it would be up to manuel and, and the governor of illinois to send the national
2: guard in well the illinois, pres yeah but guard. the pres yeah but the president the feds when they want to call the national guard generally speaking yes they have to tell the governor they would like to do that and it's up they have to the to governor get the okay but the governor too. yeah but right. the governor the governor usually you know follows uh, the lead of the president on that on on matters like that if they want the national guard they give them the national guard it's even even california as radical as they are, and as much as they hate Donald Trump in California, even Governor Governor Jerry Brown uh, said when the president said, "I want National Guardsmen down there on the border to help uh, patrol that border," he actually sent some down because you know they kind of have—I don't say have to—but it's kind of it's kind of accepted that when the president calls the National Guard up, it's for the purpose of you know national emergencies.
4: Yeah, and some governors did not, uh, but that they control their National Guard. Yeah. But the b- bottom line here, you know, this problem. Didn't happen overnight, and the solution isn't going to happen overnight. But when you got a serious wound, what's the first step you have to take is stop the bleeding. Sure. And the only way to stop the bleeding here is, like I said, National Guards to lock these neighborhoods down. Then you look at the other alternatives. You know about getting fathers in the home, but you're not going to do that one overnight. TJ, I
2: could not disagree with you more. What is the National Guard in a city city like Chicago going to do? Are they are they just going to patrol with their rifles? And when the gang members come out and start shooting, they turn around and shoot back. You think that's going to you think that's going to go over well with this country that guardsmen are shooting these uh, uh, these gang member thugs uh, in the streets? No, it's not.
4: It's not going to go over well, Bob. But, you know, like I said, what's the other solution? Just sit back and allow it to happen? Fine. I mean, that's what's happening now. Well, well you, you have no other choice in this thing. You allow it to continue, or you take drastic measures to try to uh, yeah, get it yeah, on
2: drastic. Yeah, but the drastic measures of stopping shootings isn't getting more people shot, including guardsmen. Because you put guardsmen in the streets... They're going to get shot by these gang members because these gang members know where the the corners are. They know where the the, the points are. Um, you know, you're, you're just going to get you're going to get guardsmen shot, and then they're going to be just like police. Hold on, hold on you. Just like police officers they're going to what? they're going to get very very nervous, they're going to get very very itchy and they're going to fire um you know preemptively to stop themselves from getting shot and you're going to have all kinds of people calling them racist, trump racist for putting them out there saying he's out there to try to hunt down and kill black people. uh i i just i just don't think an armed guard force in in this in, in the city streets is the answer tj. Well,
4: well let me give you a little bit of history here bob because you're too young to remember. now i was been a long time since I've called Air-
2: Young. I appreciate
4: that. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but I was stationed with the 101st Airborne in 1967 at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And that's when the riots in Detroit were totally out of control. I mean out of control. They were burning the city down. Right. Uh, the police couldn't handle it. They brought the National Guard, and they couldn't handle it either. Johnson sent units of the 101st Airborne into Detroit, took drastic measures. The riot was over in two days. They stopped the bleeding immediately. So this has happened
2: in the past. Yeah, but T J you're, you're doing it you're doing apples and oranges heart. here. You're doing apples and oranges here. A riot, a full scale riot going on is one thing. Uh, a, a series of shootings in specific targets over the weekend, you know, scattered out over the weekend. It's not like they're burning buildings and they're, you know, it's not a riot. What they're doing is, is is you know, serial killing, if you will, but it's not a riot. I could totally see sending in the guard when, you know, uh, body armored police officers can't handle it and can't, you know, put the riot down. I totally get that. But this isn't what's happening every weekend there. It's, you know, they're spaced out and they're, uh, you know, these, these killings are strategic and It's not just widespread mayhem, and that's the difference between deploying a guard, a guard troop to, uh, or a national guard uh, troop to, uh, uh, to a riot in in a situation like this.
4: And that million dollars they're forking up, my God, Bob, that's peanuts. You know, five sports teams. You know, that's the salary of one major superstar for one game. I mean, they can't come up with more than that.
2: Well, well, they, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you at all, TJ, because I thought the same thing. I thought a million bucks is all you can do. But then I paused and said, but then again, it shouldn't need a million bucks for mentors to be in homes. They're already there for free, and they're called dads. And dads need to do the job that these mentors are being hired to do. You know, and you're right, by the way. They could put up $10 million bucks. They could put up $50 million bucks, But they shouldn't have to, was the point that I'm making. Fathers leaving their kids to be raised by the streets are to blame here. Not mayors, not governors, not guardsmen, not presidents. Fathers leaving the, their kids, especially their young boys, to be raised by the streets are to blame for what's going on in Chicago and in many other urban centers like it. More coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Mike Gallagher. Weekday mornings at 11 on AM
0: 1420. The Answer. 9.35,
2: 9.35, now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer, if you'd like to dial, do so at 216 901 We're talking about gun violence this morning at the, at the early going, particularly in Chicago where nearly 60 more people were shot over the course of the weekend. 46 in one stretch between Friday night and Saturday afternoon. Simply unbelievable. 60, nearly 60 people shot. We're talking about that. If you want to get in, 888-281-1110 gets you here as well. If you'd rather tweet, you can do so to radio done right radio done right no spaces no underscores all one word and uh facebook to me at france radio f-r-a-n-t-z radio again all one word no spaces no underscores got a uh, tweet here from uh, jules replying saying i think eventually shootings in chicago will vanish because at some point everyone who is of the shooting type will eventually get shot there will be one guy left at that point unless he is simultaneously killed uh yeah Uh, Will says, another senseless, violent weekend, another 50 plus people shot, but now they've Jedi mind tricked sports teams into throwing money at the situation. Cultural norms aren't changed with money. Bingo. Will, exactly correct. Thank you for that. That's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. You can't throw money at this and expect that to be the answer. I mean, it can help potentially if you pay mentors, but again, you're, you're, you're going to force or excuse me, you're going to try to force young, streetwise, gang member type kids, meaning, you know, young pre-adolescent and adolescent and teenage boys, into trusting some stranger who's been hired by the government, perhaps with the funds from the sports team, into trying to talk him out of the street life. Good luck. He has no authority, these mentors they have to try to reach them on some sort of a you know a, a, a visceral level that they're just not going to be able to do a father who has authority who can drop the hammer down you know in terms of raising the child has the ability to do that but they're just not there and that's the problem Hey, I want to remind you as I uh, promote social media, do not forget, and I do not like promoting social media. Again, I am on that platform to my great shame, especially on Twitter, as they continue to shadow ban and uh, use their bias against conservatives. By the way, admitted by Jack Dorsey, the Twitter CEO, over the weekend. He said, we try not to let our biases, which I admit here at Twitter, are left-leaning. We try not to let our biases affect what we do as far as who gets to have a voice on Twitter. But, of course, we know that they do. They do let them affect that, no question. But at least they admitted that they are leftist. Not like that's a surprise. Thank you, Captain Obvious. But anyway, just a reminder, uh, if you're trying to listen to our program and uh, you don't have a radio nearby, but you do have one of the um, uh, uh, audio assistants, if you have uh, Alexa, for example, the uh, Amazon Echo, all you have to do is enable the skill and then say, Alexa, play. The Answer Cleveland. Play The Answer Cleveland. You'll get us live and perfectly clear streaming in your home with your Alexa device. Let's go to Ron, who's in uh, Brook Park on AM fourteen twenty. The Answer. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Good morning.
5: I gotta agree with TJ. Okay, and what you're talking about, my friend, is wishful thinking. There's no law you can pass that's going to make a father stay around and raise his kids. It just it just can't be done. All right. And number two, even if these fathers did hang around, most of these kids' fathers are thugs too. That'd be like putting Capone in charge of Bugs Moran, babysitting him. I mean, you know, you can't put one thug in charge of another thug. And that's what it would be if some of these parents did hang around these fathers. The only way you're going to stop violence, Bob, is with violence. I hate to say it, but that's the only way it's going to happen. You've got to take these thugs, and when you catch them, you give them their speedy trial, and you execute them. You get them off the planet. You send the message. You're getting tough on crime, and when a few of them fry or whatever they do now, you know, lethal injection, when a few of them go bye bye because of their bad behavior, it's going to send the message.
2: Yeah, but, 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 Ron, let me, let me, let me rebut by saying, you know, I'm going to repeat right back to you what you said to me when you said it's wishful thinking. We don't do speedy trials and speedy executions in America. You catch one of these gangbangers shooting somebody in Chicago today, if. He is convicted six, eight, ten months from now when a trial finally comes around because that's the way that it works. Then he's going to sit on death row or wherever for another twenty years before he is well, we executed. We could stop that though. We and can you know, control that. How? We
6: can't control. We
5: if we could control, control that, we
2: would have done it a long time ago, though, my well, friend. Well, we if...
5: could. We used to do that, Bob, okay? <laughs> it's just because of lawyers and they're you know, maneuvering and making money off of the system that we've allowed people to linger on death row for 20, 30 years, okay? That never happened 60, 70 years ago. I mean, you know, look at the Rosenbergs and that. They was convicted, and within months they was hung or whatever they did to them, okay? We used to have speedy executions. That's the lawyers stepping in that we could put a stop to. But we don't well, do it. We, you know, we have let this country just totally get out of control in so many areas. And keep in mind... Yeah, we have.
2: You're right about that, obviously. Chi- and, go ahead. Chi-
5: Chicago was out of control 100 years ago, too, with the gang violence with Al Capone and, and all the uh, shootings that took place. And the feds did step in, and they fought violence with violence. And for a while there, Chicago was a pretty clean city. And now it 's getting right back to where it was in a
2: roaring 20s yeah, but, 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 the- but 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 mafia violence, as you know, my friend, and thanks for the call Ron. to get some other people on mafia violence is different, and did they fight it with violence insofar as they had to shoot back at the mafia types who were shooting at the police well, of course, yeah, but that isn't what stopped the mafia what stopped the mafia was 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 locking them all up was 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 you know getting them on racketeering, getting them on all of the various crimes I mean hell C- Capone since you brought it up obviously as we know, they got them on tax evasion is how they ended up up locking him up so the mafia even in new york and so on it it took a lot more than just street shootouts to stop them it took the courts to stop them and it's easier to get the mafia because they are all connected to one another and one rolls over on this and that these gang members are very very different these gang members are very different than mafioso they are this that, that is a different type of chicago violence than what we're seeing today there's so much so many of these that are th- these uh, uh gang members that are shooting one another it's just retaliatory from one to another it's personal it's individual there's not like some don at the top I mean, yeah, there are some leaders of the gangs, uh, but but they're not, you know, orchestrating things the way that organized crime once did. Uh, These are just street punk thugs who are doing drive-bys against one another almost on whims. And yes, sadly, they are not just targeting one another or hitting one another. Rather, they're hitting uh, innocent bystanders, including three-year-old children in the crossfire, which, by the way, is also happening on a smaller scale in the city of Cleveland. And that's a problem. That's a big problem, and we can't address that here because we don't even have enough police. But we have $2.3 million to build a dirt bike park, Mayor Jackson. Sorry to get off on a tangent. Tony, uh, South Euclid, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Tony, go ahead.
7: Yes, thanks for taking my call. Tony from South Euclid, listen. I don't want to boast myself, but I am a master troubleshooter, okay? I have the ultimate solution for this problem. Okay. I don't want to get into my background and explain everything that I've experienced through life, okay? I'm reaching 60 years old, but i got to tell you this. Okay, comes up with solutions. And the solution is you're going to have to remove the source, remove the people that are in that area, the good citizens, put them in motels, bring the National Guard in, bring the DEA, and bring the FBI, and bring everybody in. Those gangs are territorial, so they are not going to go anywhere. They're going to stay in that area. Bring the people, the good people, into motels. Have seminars. Teach them. Get information. What's going on? Get names. Until that place can settle down and they can start arresting people and start uh, keeping other people safe that are not uh, that are, are are in the area. Get them out of that area. And if they need. Training. If they need uh, a little bit of guidance, how to raise their kids, um, that at that point, that's going to probably be far gone. The only way that we can really start uh, bringing fathers back into the to the house or, or bringing good families is starting from the day they are born right now. So uh, it, it, you mentioned before this is a war zone. Yes, we have to treat it like a war zone. There's no other way. Remove the source. I don't want to repeat myself, but remove, remove the good people from there if it takes 30 days, if it takes 60 days, if it takes 90 days, and clean house in that whole area. You'll be able to trap those gangs because they're not going to go anywhere. And if they go into other areas, they go into suburbs, the other law enforcement is going to grab them.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Tony, uh, I, I do, and thanks for the call, I do understand the idea, the solution that you're proposing. But it is nowhere near as um, simple as, as, it is, as it is made to sound. What is a quote-unquote good family? Okay? What is a good family, uh, and how do we convince them? Abandon your home that you bought with your hard-earned money if you are a homeowner. Perhaps a little bit easier if they're already on Section 8 housing and somebody else is paying for their home for them. Maybe a little easier to get them to come to a hotel or a motel or whatever the case might be and let them stay for a period of time. Uh, But you're going to have to convince the quote-unquote good families from doing that. How do you identify a good family? In the same way that we try to allow the quote-unquote good people to be removed from war zones like Syria, right? They're called refugees and asylum seekers they're trying to escape the carnage they're trying to escape the violence and escape the persecution that comes with uh, living where they live and we say okay come here and if you uh, uh, pass the background check uh, you can come in Um, but what do we know and this is why the president's travel moratorium was implemented and, of course, we had all of the legal fighting over that because we know that some of the bad people, meaning in this, in this case the terrorists, ISIS members, and so on and so forth, were going to infiltrate uh, the good people just so that they can get into the United States where they would then continue their, their stuff. Um, the sad truth of the matter is the vast majority of these shootings in Chicago are unsolved. No leads even. Because nobody wants to report what they know because they know they're going to get shot. So you got a bunch of unsolved crimes, and you don't know who the shooters are, and now we're going to bring the quote-unquote good people into hotels and then clean house. Um, You're going to probably be bringing in most of the shooters because they're not going to acknowledge, you know, I mean, I'm not leaving my territory. They're not going to acknowledge that they're one of the shooters by staying there. They're going to say, yeah, let's get out of here while all of that bad stuff goes on. It's going to be almost impossible to separate victims or would be victims or decent uh, people from the would be killers. So it's, I like the idea. I like thinking outside the box, but I just don't think it's as simple as that. There's nothing simple about it. My idea, which isn't an idea, by the way, I'm not even, I'm not even proposing something that is a solution. When I say it's about father staying in the home, I don't have any idea how to make that happen. I don't. You have to incentivize them in some way, shape or form, but I don't know what that is. You got all of these people, all of these men going around and knocking up women and, and then running away and going to live their life, you know, with their gang buddies or whatever, not raising those kids, not giving those kids any money. The mothers can't take care of them. The kids are left to the streets. And the cycle perpetuates itself. I don't know what the answer to stopping that cycle is. I mean, like you said, maybe put them in hotels and offer counseling and offer them, you know, this is where you have to do this. This is what it's going to take to make sure your child doesn't join a gang and put himself in danger of being shot, et cetera, et cetera. I guess, you know, there are there are steps, but they are long hauls, boy. There is no short-term solution. I don't think there's any question of that. No short-term solution at all. These are long-haul ideas. Let me go to uh, Brian next. Brian is in Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks for waiting, Brian. Go ahead.
6: Hey, Bob. Always a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Uh, a couple things, real quick. I grew up in a fatherless home, and I seemed to turn out all right. I had a pretty good supporting staff of older brother, uncles, and the whatnot like that. So. I don't necessarily think that it's the father figure so much as it is, you know, the, the people that you're around. You know, good counseling in school, go to church, sit down, have a family, uh, have a family meal. You know, we say grace every evening before meal and, you know, things like that. Um, and like I told your screener, not to go on a tangent, that every time, uh, you know, the all the gun control laws that they have in Chicago, it would be like a utopia, almost like Mayberry. So every time Rahm Emanuel speaks, they ought to play the theme song to the Andy Griffith show.
2: Uh, well, Sorry I, about t-
6: that. I dropped my phone.
0: Oh, that would happen.
2: I wondered why you dropped right yeah. there. I thought was that a, yeah, was that no, a was that a mic drop and a phone. hang up?
6: <laughs> <laughs> no. Well,
2: well, well. What else did you want to say as you wrap it up?
6: Uh, statistically, if. if I understand You answered part of it on the last caller with the three-year-old girl being shot, but is there a number to say how many innocent bystanders have been shot, or is it a majority of, say, the gang-on-gang violence? And if it is the gang-on-gang violence, I'm not saying, you know, yeah, that's okay, but... Hey, if they're out there destroying each other, then so be it.
2: Well, there there are a number of, of innocent bystanders shot. Yes, um, but the problem is, as far as like identifying who's a gang member and who isn't, is most of them are unidentified. Most of them, you know, they don't they don't register with the police to say I'm a member of X gang and I'm a member of Y gang. So you know, they might just be you know oh, guys no, who are guys who are Johnny,
6: little Johnny's not necessarily hanging out on the same corner with these thugs either. Most of that stuff. Like, even you walk around downtown and the whatnot here, you see all the gang tags on everything. You know what neighborhood
2: church. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but, but, well, the, and this is primarily going on in the south and west sides of Chicago, and, and those are heavy gang areas. But to answer your question, I mean, like, for example, I mean, the big highlight of this past weekend, when I say highlight, I mean spotlighted, yeah. not that this is a positive thing, is that a three-year-old was shot uh, uh, and, and is in critical condition. So, so, yes, there are innocent people being caught in the crossfire. There are innocent people perhaps being targeted as well, if they're crossing territories that aren't supposed to be crossed, that sort of thing. But I don't know if they know, and I don't know if there is a statistic yet on, you know, which ones are accidental shootings and which ones were intentional shootings because, you know, we perceive them to be either a member of another gang or just somebody who's violating our terms of our turf here by walking across it, et cetera. So, All right, thanks, Bob. I thank, appreciate it, man. You Every got it, Brian. You. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's move. Uh, well, you know what? Let me get our last traffic here. We'll get a few more phone calls here before the top of the hour. If you're on hold, stay there. I'll get to you before the top, I promise, on AM 1420, The Answer. The sunshine Phone lines remain packed this morning. Let's get right to them again here before the top of the hour. Lakewood is our next stop and that's where Ron is on AM 1420 The Answer. Hi Ron, go ahead.
6: Good morning, Bob. How are you doing?
2: Good, Ron. What's on your mind?
6: Well, who's to say the Solowinski's people haven't in- infiltrated these gangs? Who's to say they aren't following uh, some kind of a pattern of causing chaos so that, you know, we have crackdowns on on guns, that we have the uh, soldiers patrolling our streets like East Europe? Who's to say this isn't the cause? It's not just gang violence, in my opinion. It's coincidental with mm -hmm. all this other stuff going on that these tactics are being used.
2: Yeah, I, the, the only thing I would say in response to that is um, Rahm Emanuel is, uh, in my mind, a, a true Alinskyite. Uh, you yeah. know, he, he of course helped run Obama's campaign, and, and and he is a part of that. And this is really really bad for him that this is going on. So if there is, you know, if there were some Malinsky like tactics going on here amongst the shooters, um, you know, they're they're defeating one of their own because Rahm Emanuel is going to be forced out of office because of all of this. So that's the only thing that makes it, I think, a little less is, likely.
6: You know, how has he stayed in office all this time? That's, a hell, that's a hell of, hell of a question. Take care of their own. <laughs> wouldn't don't these people take care of their own? If he's going to serve them and do what he wants and be their useful idiot, okay, aren't they going to take care of him?
2: Well, it's you well. The seen question seen seen is, is how can he how can he serve them? But Ron, how can he serve them if he's no longer in the office? That's what I think is uh, is the is the key here. Thank you for the call, Jan in Cleveland. Next, hi Jan.
8: Oh hi. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, we got rid of uh, orphanages and i think we have something going in cleveland that has to be uh expanded greatly all over at risk children voluntarily i think in most cases or maybe suggested by a social worker uh children go to uh, providence house for a while now there are there are some single moms who can do a good job and can handle handle it but it's obvious to me if uh you know, it's ob- it's obvious to social workers and these children aren't, uh, that their parents are strung out on drugs and that there isn't the proper love there. They'd be way better off in an orphanage where they got three meals a day and uh, appropriate bedtimes and... Uh, you know, you wouldn't have Well, that I
2: mean, if rate. the answer yeah, if the answer is is an orphanage or no parenting and no parental guidance at all, I suppose that's true, but but the orphanage would be a, far, a last case scenario as far as I'm concerned because nobody can take care of a kid as well as the parent can. Nobody can command the authority or have the authority and command the respect and the obedience of the kid uh, as well as the parent can if the parent of course is up to the task of being a parent. David in Lagrange, David, go ahead.
6: Yes, Bob. Uh, with this gun violence in this country, yes, I don't know if this is a solution, but it's a suggestion. You commit a crime with a gun, robbery, life in prison. You shoot somebody, whether you wound them or kill them, death penalty.
2: Well, you know, I I, I like that too. I like the harsh crackdown as well. A previous caller brought that up too, and you know, just make the uh, make them have you know a little fear of the justice system. Make them have some sort of deterrence to committing these crimes because they're going to be, you know, they're going to get life in prison or they're going to get the death penalty. Unfortunately, our justice system isn't working that way. Our justice system isn't executing people for murders in a timely manner to the point where people would be afraid of it. How many times do we see somebody put to death in the state of Ohio, for example, right now? And we thought, what's that for? Uh, something happened back in 1987, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't even remember that crime. And guess what? That doesn't make it a deterrent for today's criminals and killers. Thank you for the call, David. I appreciate everybody's ideas on this. I'm going to get news now. I'm going to come back on the other side. David Ray, Federation of Americans for Immigration Reform will join us right here on AM 1420, The Answer